0: How are you guys? Good morning. You know, it's funny because it doesn't matter how far back we set that front row, it's always empty. It's crazy, you guys must have got here early, got all the good back seats, right? I feel like I need to like come out a little bit. just to. Hope you guys are doing well this morning. Now, one thing, so we have been praying for this day for months now. Because one of the things we knew was that if we were going to try and have Easter outside in April in Rhode Island, this may or may not happen right? Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, so we just thank God for that one. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't know if you guys knew this coming in. I think some of you might have. The bunny ears gave some away. This is Easter, right? And you know what that means? That means that Jesus is risen. Amen? So the early church, they had a greeting. The worship leader would call out, he is He is risen, and the response is, he is risen indeed. So, he is risen. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. Did you know, okay, I'm going to ask a quick technical question. Is that all me, the wind? Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Just uh, try and tune out the wind noise. I'll try and turn my head like this a lot, and look at these guys out of the side of my eye. In all of church history, in all of the religion in all of human history in all of the religions of this world there has never been another celebration like Easter. Do you know why? Because there has never been another story like the Easter story. And do you know why that is? It's because there has never been another God like our God. Amen. Our God, there has never been another God who loved mere mortals like us to the point that he would take on our form and then come and live among us and lay down his own life to take care of our problems, to take care of our debt for our benefit and for our salvation. You know, the other gods that others had worshipped before, before our God, the others that they worshipped, they, they would, at best, they'd put up with us. At best, they might use us, you know, to get some of their stuff done, to show how great and powerful they were, to brag to the other rival gods that they had. But there has never been another God like our God. Our God, the one that we have come to know, is the only true God. He is the one who came and he laid down his life for us because he wanted to show his love for us, and he wanted to take away all of our failures, all of our sins, so that he could remove Any barrier that stood between us, any barrier that would keep us from reaching him, that would keep us from knowing him, that would keep us from connecting with him in a a friendship, not just just a, a king and a subject, but as a father and as a child. Anything that would keep us separated from him, and he wanted to bring us into a relationship that, and get this, that wasn't defined by the limits of our short life, but became defined by the abundance of his eternal life. And he brought us into that in Jesus. That's what Easter is about. That's our God. So this day, Jesus rose from the dead to say, you know what, I wanted to prove, I wanted to show you, I wanted to show you that my life hadn't been conquered. I wanted to show you that my plan for you, my victory for you, had been successful. And then now that eternal life and that eternal friendship, that it is available to you now. Amen? That's why we celebrate. This is Easter, and Jesus is risen. Amen? That's why we celebrate today. That's also why we celebrate every Sunday. Some people don't think about this, but do you know why Christians for, for the centuries have gotten together on Sunday? Because Sunday is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Sunday is that third day that it talks about. They, they put him in the tomb on Friday. That's day one. He laid in the tomb all day Saturday. That's day two. But then he rose up from the tomb on Sunday. That's day three, third day, just like he said. That's why you celebrate. This is Easter, and Jesus is risen. Let's stand together. We're going to listen again. We're going to hear again the words of this amazing story about that incredible day that changed everything. So let's stand. It is a day that changed everything. It changed history, it changed the future, it changed the past, it changed your life, it changed mine. This is Matthew 28, verse 1 through 8. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled the stone that was in front of it, and he sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, don't be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified and he is not here because he is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And so the women hurried away from the tomb. They were afraid, yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. You know, we've been in a series called In the Distance because we've been looking at our God who is not okay with there being any distance, any gaps between us and him, between, think about this, between us and each other, or between us and the life that he had called us to. So what we've seen over the past several weeks is that our God, he spoke into that, that gap with his word. He would send others, he'd commission them and send others into that gap as his ambassadors. He would, he would even, um, he gave us this blessing that we've been looking at. And he gave us his empowered words so that we might go as ambassadors and speak those words into that gap and the lives of others. And then last week we saw that he even came and stepped into that gap as Jesus Christ. But I want you to hear something today. What we're going to hear, what we're going to look at is the fact that our God was not satisfied to merely stand on the outside, to merely just speak into, to merely send others into, and not even to just step into the gap. Easter is the story that says our God was not satisfied until he had removed the gap until he had just taken it out of the equation completely. Because our God is a God who is all about not just looking at the gap, filling the gap, patching over the gap. He is about closing the gap. Amen? Father, this morning, we're asking you to open our hearts up and to God, you have said that you're the God that, that, that doesn't stand far away. You're the God that comes close, that comes, that's present with us. So we pray that there would be no gap between us and you this morning that our hearts would be open to hear your words, that our hearts would be open to hear your spirit and what he has to say to us today. God, we thank you that you are the God that in Jesus Christ has removed any gap, any barrier, any, any chasm that stood between us and you, between us and each other, between us and that life that you had intended us for and intended for us. So Father, this morning, come and speak to our hearts, transform us, change us by the words that you say. We pray for your glory. We pray it in the name of your son, Jesus, who gave everything so that your life would be available to us. We pray it by the power of your Holy Spirit who is with us now. Amen. You can have a seat as you're sitting down. I want you to say these words. Speak these words after me. Okay, if you guys can speak these words after me. My words are meaningful. My words are powerful. Think about this one. My words have consequences. Do we believe that? You know, in the book of Proverbs, in the Bible, in chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words matter. Our words matter. Our, all words matter. You know, in Hebrews eleven three, it says, By faith, we understand that the eons, the ages, that, that word, it, just doesn't, it doesn't just mean the world. It means the world, everything that's in it, but also everything that happens in it, everything that makes it happen, the eons, the ages, these were established by the word of God. So God's words matter. God's words matter. Are constantly and are presently shaping this world even today. And it seems that when we think about you look back at human history, apparently God has given that same ability to us, that same power to us, to be able to shape even the world that we live in, to shape the age that we live in just by our words. For example, you look at Martin Luther King, he started a speech one time, you might have heard it. He started with the words, I have a dream. And those words and those that followed, they shaped the world we live in. They changed everything from what came before to what came after. When Rene Descartes wrote, I think, therefore I am, he was defining the spirit of the age that was to follow. I mean, it's the atmosphere we live in, it's the air that we breathe, how we think we're shaped by those words. John F. Kennedy, at one point, he said, you know what, we choose to go to the moon, and that set this country and all of our lives on a pathway and our world on a path. And we're still walking it. We can't remove ourselves from it because of those words. Why? Because words are powerful. God made this world with his words, and he continues to shape it with his words. And apparently, he's also using us to shape it with ours, because words are powerful. Our lives are shaped by words. You know, I exist. I am here this morning because of, and I'm thinking about, you know, there, because of words. There was one word in particular, it was a word that my mom gave us an answer to a specific question that my dad asked early on, and he said, will you marry me? And she said, yes, and that's why I'm here, right? I exist because of words. I know that my life has been shaped over the years that I've been alive because regularly, those, my two parents, my mother and my father, would regularly, whether I was being good, whether I was being bad, they always would say, you know what? We still love you. We always will love you. That shaped who I am. My life was profoundly shaped by the answer my own wife, Carrie, gave me when I asked her a very similar question and asked her if she would be willing to spend the rest of her life with me. And she said yes. Right? Now some of you guys are probably questioning the wisdom of her answer at that point. I just want to say we were young and foolish at that moment, but I am so glad because her words in my life have made me who I am. Lives are shaped by words. My life has been guided by teachers and mentors who have poured into me. It's been shaped by friends who have challenged me, who have encouraged me. It's even been shaped by complete strangers who just happened to come alongside of my life at the right moment, at a critical moment, and they spoke a a needed and a powerful word to me that changed everything. Now, my life has also been, as I'm sure many of yours have been, my life has been beaten and bruised by other words, by some people who have just kind of thrown words into it like like hand grenades. And they've done their damage. And why can words so build us up or so tear us down? Because words matter. Words are meaningful, they are powerful, and they have consequences. Consequences. Now this morning, what I want us to think about is what are some of the most important words that have ever been spoken? What are the words that perhaps have changed dramatically all of our lives, your life, my life? What are the words that are most important to us? And I would say, you know what? The most important words, the most powerful words that have ever been spoken are the words that we find in the story of Easter, in the story of Easter, when, when Jesus hung on the cross at the beginning of that weekend on Friday, and he hung on that cross, and when he said, he looked into heaven, he said, you know what? It is finished. It is finished. And what he was talking about was that God's, God's work, God's project to clear all of our sins out of the way God's project to forgive us for every, God's project to remove all the barriers that stood in the way of us being reconciled to him, of us being brought back into a a friendship with him, that, that was, it was done. And when he said it is finished, that changed everything. Nothing was the same from that point on. When at the end of that week, that angel was sitting up on that stone, and he said, you know what? He isn't here because he has risen just like he said. That changed everything. That changed everything. In Romans chapter 4 verse 25 and then going through verse 5 or chapter 5 verse 1. It says, Jesus was delivered up to death on Friday on account of our sin. But then he was raised up to life on Sunday on account of the fact that we were now justified. It was like this exclamation point at the end of the sentence that had begun on Friday was given this exclamation point on Sunday morning. And he said, you know what? It is done. And I'm gonna show you it's done. And it goes on and says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything has been cleared away. And we now have peace with God. God had said from the beginning, from the beginning of our separation from him, that that moment, and, and we caused that separation. It was our decisions and our rebellion. We caused that separation. But he said from the beginning that he was not satisfied to leave that gap in place. He was not satisfied to stand by while these gaps that existed in our lives, that that really dominated the landscape of our lives, that brought destruction and despair into our lives. He wasn't satisfied with leaving that, and he wasn't also satisfied with just speaking into those gaps, with just sending others into those gaps, with with just even stepping into those gaps himself said he would not be satisfied until he had removed them. In Easter, he removed them in Christ. He just got rid of the gaps. What gaps are we talking about? Well, the gaps in our relationship with one another. The gaps that, that exist between, in our relationship between us and God. said so those are removed. There are also gaps as we we look out into our our culture, into our society, and we say, you know what? There are gaps that exist between, between those who have and those who do not have. He said, I've come to remove those gaps. There are gaps between some people and what they need sometimes just to survive. He said, no, that shouldn't be. That's not what I created this world for. It's gaps between this group and that group. Gaps between this race and that race. Gaps between this party and that party. Gaps sometimes between us and our own health, the health that God intended for us. Sometimes there's gaps between between us and hope. As we look to the future, sometimes there's gaps between us and the happiness that we know that God intended for us. He said he wasn't satisfied until those were taken away. And on Easter, he says, I have removed these because I have finally removed the last The last two barriers, the last two chasms that stood between between you and the life that I intended and the relationship that I intended for you to live, that I made you for. said, because on Easter, on Friday, I addressed, I, I took away sin and sin became powerless because at the cross, it was finished. He said, and because on Sunday, When I rose from the dead, death had been conquered, became powerless before me. And he is not here because he is risen. Amen? Death and sin are gone because this is Easter and Jesus is risen. You know, the last several weeks we've been looking at a passage out of the book of Numbers that's in the Old Testament. And and it's a blessing that God gave to his people. It was a blessing. Words that he said, I want these words spoken over my people every time they get together. Because I want my people to become so saturated, so shaped by, so formed by these words that they can't forget them. The words are this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and establish peace in you and through you. And he said, I want these words spoken over me or over my people because I want them to know who I am. I want them to know who they are, and I want them to know what they're here for. But I think in Easter, I think that we see the deepest, this unveiling of one of the deepest meanings of this this passage, of this blessing. I think it's God was shaping us so that his people, so that when they got to Easter, they would recognize this is God at work. Because this blessing is brought into reality at its deepest at Easter. How is that? Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. We heard those words and we would think, oh, that means God wants to take care of me. He wants, he wants to prosper me in this life, and he does. He says, I'm the God that seeks to bless you. and to, to I'm the God that seeks to take care of you in this life and surround you and not just, not just bless you, but then protect your life and protect that, that blessing that I have put on your life. And we thought he meant just in this life. We thought he meant just in these few, these few short years that we live on this world. But at Easter, he said, no, no, I meant way beyond that. I meant to bless you into eternity. We hadn't even considered that. We just thought God wanted to take care of us for the few years, you know, 70, 80 years that we're around here. He said, no, I want to bring you into forever with me. And I want you to find your blessing and your hope and your protection, not just now, not just here, but there as well. That it begins now and that life begins now, but it carries on to forever. Because I want you, we found that he was blessing and keeping us at levels we hadn't even thought were accessible to us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. You know, at the cross and then at the resurrection, what well, we saw that God was, we saw the face of God light up towards us. We saw how, how much joy filled him when he, when he considered us. We saw, we see at the cross that, you know what? We are more valuable to him than, than his, his own comfort. Than, than his own prestige in this world. We are, more, we are more valuable to him than his own life. We saw that on, on, on Easter. We saw that at the cross. And then we saw, with the resurrection, we saw, you know what, he has poured a grace on us that we didn't even know was possible. We didn't even know. He said, you know what, we, this God who had previously been unseen Not only did his face light up, and we saw in the face of Christ just the the grace of God, but we saw the face of God in Christ. And for the first time, we saw saw this relentless love living in front of us. We saw this enduring patience living a life in front of us. We saw his overflowing kindness living in front of us. We saw this grace that he says, that's the grace that I want you to know. May he is make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. So that when we stare at the grace that was given to us on, at the cross and then at the resurrection, we say this like, I've never seen grace before. I never knew grace was that deep, that high, that wide, that long. Finally, he says, and Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace at the at the cross and then at the resurrection we actually see God's own image being carried into us and being transformed us being transformed so that we actually reflect the very image of God that his peace is not just put in us and made our lives peaceful but through our lives other people are given peace as well God's peace You guys, these are the the powerful words that God said. Speak these into the gap. But I I believe that these words were always pointing to Easter to get us ready so that when Jesus came, we said, you know what, Jesus fulfilled those words. He brought them, he he sealed them into us. Is where Paul, he would later, he'd quote the Old Testament, he says, so now it's like, so grave, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? God's blessing doesn't end. It's not bounded, it's broke free. There are no gaps, there are no barriers, there's no boundaries. Because it's finished. And he is not here because he has risen. And that changes everything. So this morning, I believe that God is here with us this morning. God God is here. He has said that when we gather in his name, he shows up. And he is the same God that was closing gaps then. He is the same God now as he was then. And he comes as the same resurrected Jesus to meet us here. And so the question for us is, okay, so where are my gaps? Where are the gaps that you have that are still in your life. And as soon as I ask that question, where are the things that, where you are separated from God, or you're separated from one another, or you're separated and you know you're separated from the life that God intended you for. And as soon as I ask that question, I know that some of you, there's, there's like a light that goes on inside of you and something pops in your mind immediately. Because we all have these gaps, Now, the most important one that we have to deal with is, I want to ask you just personally and be honest with yourself, are you standing still with a distance between you and the God who has relentlessly pursued you with his love? Are you still standing with a distance between you? What about that gap? Maybe it's a gap that where you are estranged or you're separated. Maybe it's by anger. Maybe it's because of resentment. Maybe it's because of jealousy or or bitterness or unforgiveness, but you are estranged from maybe one, maybe many people in your life who God intended to be those who would bring encouragement and grace. But instead now there's this there's this division, there's this chasm between you. What about that gap? Maybe you're struggling right now because of this, this pandemic and the isolation and it's just everything. You, you've struggled in either with your job or maybe just in your personal life or your relationships and it's just it, you're dealing with depression or you're dealing with anxiety right? and there's this gap between what you're feeling and you know what it should be like. Or maybe that's not just a temporary thing. Maybe that's something that you deal with every single day. What about that gap? Maybe there's a gap in this between how you long to live and how you actually live your life. It's caused by an addiction. It's caused by a habit. It's caused by a lust. It's caused by a a laziness. What about that gap? What about the gap that is that place where you feel stuck? You feel stuck and you're separated from the fulfillment and the joy that you know God intended for you in your marriage or in your your career or in your relationships and your friendships. Maybe there's a health issue. Maybe there's a finance issue. When I ask the question, what are the gaps that are still in your life, what is it that immediately comes into your mind? Because God wants us to know, I want you to know this morning that we live in an age that has been redefined by the words that God spoke at Easter, the words that Jesus spoke at Easter. We live in an age where he said, you know what? It is finished. Sin is taken care of, and he is not here. He is risen because death has been defeated. He said there's no reason, he, he doesn't stand by, he's not satisfied with just patching up gaps or just kind of speaking into gaps or comforting us about our gaps. He said, I have done this work because I have come to remove them. I have come to close them. With my words and with my acts of power, with my blessing, it is finished he has risen from the dead. You know, when Jesus left, he said, I also want you to know this, I'm coming again. And until, you, until I do, I am with you always. Who is it who's with us? The God who has been relentlessly working to close those gaps in our lives, to overcome those barriers, to level the field, to give us access again so that we might know and understand his love and his friendship and his care and his grace in our lives. That's the story of Easter. And this is Easter. Why? Because Jesus is risen. You know, we're going to take a a couple minutes here. In a moment, we're going to take some time to just quiet our hearts, to close our eyes, to just spend time with Jesus and just have a conversation. But before we do, I know that some of you guys are wondering, you're going, you know, Van, every week you give us homework. Where's our homework? I need my homework. Okay, so here's your homework. I'm going to have you guys go home this week and do what we're going to do right now. But what that homework is, is first I want you to think about, you need to figure out what those gaps are. You need to look for them. You need to take a walk with the Holy Spirit and let him guide you through your life and show you where those gaps are. And you need to name them and you need to admit them. You need to own up to them. It's called confession. So first, figure out where the gaps are. Second, forward those gaps to Jesus. Quit trying to fix them yourself. They're too big. That's why Jesus came and died and rose from the dead. It took something that big to clear those gaps out. So, so don't hang on to them. Don't keep trying to hide them. Let him have them. He's asking for them. This is what he does. He is the God who closes these gaps. So give them to him. And the third, after you hand them off to him, have faith. Figure it out. Forward them to Jesus and then have faith that he is going to close them. He is going to do what he does. That's what Easter was about. Jesus didn't die and rise again for nothing. This is what it was about. So trust him in it. Let him have these. You guys, we had, there's, no other, there's no other celebration on this earth. That's like Easter. Why? Because there's no other story on this earth like Easter. Why? Because there's no other God like our God who relentlessly pursues us and doesn't quit until the gaps are gone, that they are closed. So I want you guys to close your eyes right now. I want you to just take, go to that place where it's just you and God, and I want you to ask the question, what is, what is that gap? What is that thing that the Holy Spirit is highlighting in my heart right now? It may be that you are, you are holding a resentment. You are holding a, a, an unforgiveness towards someone that you know you shouldn't be hanging on to. All it is, is is this barrier, is this gap that God never intended for you to have between you and them. God says, give that to me. So in this moment, if if that's you, I want you to to just very simply say this simple prayer. God, by the power of the cross, by the power of the resurrection, I need you to. I want you to close that gap. I hand it to you. For some of you guys, the, the gap is between you and God himself. You've been holding God at arm's length for, for a long time. And I don't know, it may be because you're, you're mad at him about something or he hasn't shown up in the ways that you had hoped or or this whole thing of transformation, it was just frustrating, it took too long, it wasn't as easy as you had hoped, but whatever the reason, you're just mad. You're angry at him. But you know that it, whenever you go to this place where you're honest with yourself and you're honest with him, you know that you, you're like, I, God, I, I, I want that gap closed. I don't know what to do to fix it. But I'm going to let go of it. I'm going to hand it to you. And I want to tell you, by the power of the cross, by the power of the resurrection, Father, close that gap. Close that space between me and you. Some of you have challenges in your health. Some of you have challenges in your finances. Some of you have challenges in your life. And you just need to take this time, whatever it is that God is raising up, just say, Father, by the power of the cross, by the power of the resurrection, I hand you this gap, close this gap in my life. So that I may no longer be separated from you, that I may no longer be separated from those that you have brought into my life as a blessing, that I may no longer be separated from the very life that you have made for me and made me for. In the name of Jesus, Father, we lift up these prayers to you. These cries of our heart. The God, we lift these up to the God who who closes these gaps, who has always been about doing the work of closing these gaps between us and you, between us and each other, between us and the life that you intended. Father, close these gaps. Seal these prayers to your heart. In Jesus' name, by the power of your spirit, for your glory. Amen.